God, we ask you to do it again, God. We ask you to come, to come and meet with us, your people, once again. Father, as your word says, where two or more, two or three are gathered in the mighty name, in the precious name of Jesus, you are there in the midst of us. So come, Lord, again and meet with us tonight. Come, Lord, again, Father, and touch people's hearts. God, touch people's souls, whoever's watching online. Lord, you said all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord says shall be saved. Not not maybe, not could be, but shall be. Father, all who call on your name now, would you do it again, Lord? Would you heal them? Would you touch them, God, wherever they are? Would you save them, Father? God, America, we see, we read about in the Word of God how you moved in the days of Israel, how you set the people free through the opening of an entire ocean. You set the captives free, Father, 400 years in slavery, and you set them free from bondage to Pharaoh, God, from bondage to sin. We see how you moved in the book of Acts, Father, saving thousands upon thousands, We hear about the revivals, God, in American history, the great awakenings, the Jesus movement. Lord, would you do it again? Lord, would you do it again? We know you can, and we know, God, that it's your will. So we pray, Father, let it be done. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven, God, according to your will. Father, save And do a mighty thing, God. Do a thing that even if we were told, we wouldn't even believe it. Because that's how great that you are, God. That's how awesome you are. That nothing is impossible to you. And to those who believe, Father, you said if we even have the faith of a mustard seed, that we can tell a mountain to move and jump into the ocean and it will go. God, help us to believe again in what we pray and what we sing and what we say about you, Father. Let it not just be words from our lips. Let us not be like the Pharisees who praised you with their lips, but their hearts were far from you, who sang songs, who know all the right words to say, but in their heart they really didn't believe in you, Lord. Let us not be hypocrites. Let us not be fake like Pastor Joe was talking about a couple weeks ago. Let us not be wearers of a mask, God. We're not here to put on a show or or to talk about you. We're here to experience and encounter the living God and to preach the gospel, which is the power of God, and to see people transformed and to see lives changed. Lord, would you do it again? Father, we ask you, God, because if we don't ask, we won't receive. And if we don't believe, we won't receive, Father. So we thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done, God. We remember, we remember the goodness of our God and the great wondrous works and we ask you again Father to have your way in our lives and in our, in our church and in this generation in the mighty name of Jesus Amen Amen Good evening Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches we have a handful of people here in the sanctuary today and again just want to greet you guys online I do believe uh, Pastor Joe and Liz are watching from afar, so that's a first. Maybe you guys watching us here online, so I just want to welcome, greet you, Pastor Joe and Liz. God bless you. We love you guys. Thank you for the opportunity to to share the word of the Lord today, and um, everyone else watching online, I pray that today will be a great 
encouragement to you and a blessing to your soul. And um, today I wanted to, I was praying, you know, what what should I, I share? And I actually, I'm going to pull out this, this song here that Matt was singing because uh, that's part of my message here. But I was actually uh, led in my heart to, to do like a testimony night. And um, I'm going to read some scripture. I want to dig into a little bit of, of scripture of, of, you know, why, why would we share testimony? What's the importance of it? And, and what's the power of a testimony? And I also want to share a little bit of what God's doing in America, actually. And um, we'll see how much time is left. But I want to actually give a little bit of time for the people who are here in the sanctuary, maybe at the end to share for a couple minutes, a testimony of what God's doing in their life. So, you know, I know this is not the normal, uh, but that's what God put in my heart to do a testimony night. So I just pray that this is a blessing to all you guys listening, that you're encouraged by what the Lord's doing. And uh, I want to focus on I want to focus on what the Lord is doing, you know, right now, because it's while it's so important, you know, the Bible commands us to remember the Lord and remember what he's done in times past. And of course, we have all the prophecy and all the end times uh, uh, scriptures about what the Lord is going to do in the future. And if you need some encouragement, I mean, just read the book of Revelation and go to chapter 19 and 20, you know, there and just read the uh, final outcome of all things, 19, 20 and 21. And you're going to see the end of the all things and the end of the age and how this thing all wraps up. If you ever get downcast or discouraged or you feel weary in your in your race of faith and in this battle, uh, you know, go ahead and read Revelation and uh, you'll be encouraged. Trust me, because there's coming a kingdom, a new heaven and a new earth. And there's no more sickness and there's no more pain and there's no more death. Amen. And this is this is our eternal home. That's what I'm talking about is where we're going to spend all of eternity. The Bible actually says all who overcome and enter into the kingdom of God, it says God will be with us and we will be his people. He will be our God and we will be his people. And, uh, you know, this is the glory of God and the, the final outcome of all the saints and those who believe in the Lord. So, again, we have, you know, in the scripture, we have the history of all that God has done. And then we also have the future of what God is going to do. But today I want to emphasize a little more like what God is doing right now. You know, there's so much bad news out there. There's so much garbage all over the radio, the television, the news. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot of it's true. And we're seeing all kind of end times events happening and a bunch of just drama, constant drama. You know, every time you go to the grocery store, you can't even buy your food without seeing it. You know, they got it all on the magazines. And, and this is the bad news. This is the reality of sin. And the fallen world that we live in, you know, the works of the devil, the Bible calls it, you know, sickness, death, murder, violence, crime. All these things are the works of the devil. He comes to steal, kill and destroy it. But the Lord comes to give life and life abundant. Amen. And so. If God comes to give life, if Jesus was sent to give life and life abundant, I want to focus on what he's doing. You know, we should have testimonies of people receiving eternal life. And the abundant life that we're living right now, you know, the abundant life doesn't just start in heaven. It's actually a quality of life that God gives us right now. It starts the day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and it carries on into eternity. And, and you know, there's a difference, you see, of abundant life and eternal life. 
because all of us actually have eternity in our souls. We all will live forever. We're all going to have an eternal uh, 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 existence, so to speak, and that's going to either be in heaven or be in hell. So every single person on the face of the earth that was ever born has an eternal existence. But what is going to be the quality of their life it de- is determined by whether they put their faith in Jesus Christ. What is, are you going to have an abundance of life, a good quality of life, a life of joy and peace and eternal uh, uh, hope with the Lord? Or are you going to have eternity and suffering in the lake of fire with, uh, you know, terrible terrible things that i don't even want to get into right now worms eating your flesh sulfur burning this is the opposite quality of life that people can have if they don't put their faith in christ but the abundance of life that god comes to bring i want to share with you a story of uh just what happened this past weekend up in ohio cleveland ohio i'm going to share with you a little bit of testimony anybody want to hear a little testimony tonight amen all right before we get there If you have a Bible, let's just kind of pave the way, lay a little foundation here. So if you have your Bible, uh, go to Acts chapter 13. I'm just going to read through a few scriptures here. Acts chapter 13 in in verse 2. So I'm just kind of paving a road as to why I'm doing a testimony night here. But Saul and Barnabas, you know, Saul was converted. We know we call him Paul, who became the great missionary and Christian. But Paul and Barnabas, uh, this is when right when they first got, you know, called by God, the Holy Spirit to actually go out and do missionary work into different regions, into different places. And, you know, they both got called by God. So I'm just going to read this verse real quick. Verse two. And you'll see what I'm talking about. So Acts 13, verse two, it says, as they ministered, the church was ministering to the Lord and they fasted. The Holy Spirit said unto them, separate for me, Paul, uh, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have called them to. So in Acts chapter 13, we see the Holy Spirit, as the church was fasting and praying, uh, they were ministering unto the Lord. So we see something important about fasting and prayer. You know, it's a special ministry where you're not really ministering to men. You're not serving, you know, deacons. We have deacons and elders in the church, and, and they're called by God to serve the Lord by serving others, to serve the Lord by loving the saints and serving those that are in need, you know, whether it's a physical need, whether it's, you know, sometimes they're bringing financial aid to a person or they're just bringing some prayer and encouragement, you know, spiritually. They're called to minister to people, right, to, to minister unto the saints, which is actually how they minister to the Lord. But fasting and prayer is a very important and unique ministry. We're actually ministering directly to the Lord himself when we fast and pray. There's something very specific and and personal and powerful about fasting and prayer that nothing else can do in your life. You know, Jesus even talked about that, you know, overcoming strongholds and some demonic forces. It's only done through fasting and prayer. You know, Jesus taught his disciples to pray and fast. So as the church was praying and fasting, long story short, the Holy Spirit began to work and began to move. Isn't that amazing? Like as we minister to God, you know, God begins to minister to us. It's a it's a it's a powerful thing that happens. So, you know, a lot of people, they they're they're so caught up with their own life and their own problems 
and their own s- little bubble, I call it, that they're, they're so stuck. You know, sometimes you just need to get, a, get out of yourself. Get your mindset and your heart, you know, like the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and seek those things which are above, not on the earth below. Where's all your problems? Let me tell you, it's, it's, it's here on earth below. Where's all your problems coming from? It's really coming from within and around you. So if you get your mind on heaven and eternal things, you'll begin to, to see past that and you'll be able to look into the face of Jesus and just minister to him. And then when that happens, he'll in turn minister to you. You see, when you get past yourself and your own issues, you know, the Lord himself will deal directly with all that stuff. So he speaks to the church, the Holy Spirit, and he tells the church, I want Paul and I want Barnabas for me. Set them apart for me and unto the work which I have called for them to do. Let me just encourage you guys here today watching online. Every single one of you has a work that the Lord has called you to do. Whether you're going to be a missionary like Paul and Barnabas, an evangelist like myself, a worship leader like Matt, a deacon like Brother Brian back there, or whatever the Lord's called you to, you know, to minister to the homeless like my sister here, whatever it is, the Lord has called you to minister. The Lord has got a calling upon your life. He has chosen you for such a time as this, okay? And I know sometimes we're waiting for like this aha moment, you know, and we're in a 40-day fast, and someone comes up and gives us a word, and we get a word of prophecy. And, oh, man, the Lord spoke to me. And that's glorious. Let me tell you, I look, I love those moments. I have very crucial, life-changing moments in my Christian life where that happened. But let me tell you, you don't have to look any, you don't have to wait for a word like that. You don't have to look anywhere. Just look in the word of God, and it will tell you right here who you are in Christ and right here what your calling is. The word of God will speak directly to you. I mean, when I first got called into ministry, it was straight from the word of God. You know, I don't I don't need a man to come and tell me who I am and tell me what to do. The word of the Lord came unto me and said, like to the prophet Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you, Brett, and I chose you and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. The Lord spoke that to me like 10 years ago before I ever did any missionary work, before I ever went to the nations. And now here I am years later, and I've been to almost 30 countries preaching the gospel, six continents, because the word of God came unto me. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So they went out, Paul and Barnabas. They were set apart by God, and they went out. If you read all of 13, chapter 13 and 14, which I'm not going to do today, they went out preaching the gospel. They went out ministering everywhere. And they first started with the Jews. They went out and preached to the Jews. Paul went out and he preached to his people. And then they went out and preached to the Gentiles. And they had ministered to so many people in so many cities that they'd gone out for a period of time. You know, people got healed. People got set free. You have the story of the, um, the sorcerer who was basically uh, following Paul around in his ministry and a demon, you know, the demonic forces were using this sorcerer to mock, you know, Paul and Barnabas as they were preaching the gospel. And Paul turns around and curses the man and says, you, you, you son of Satan, how long will you uh, thwart, uh, he says it here, how long will you, will you um, corrupt the work of God and the ways of the Lord, pervert the ways of the Lord in verse 10. He says, you shall be blind for a time, and the man goes blind. 
I mean, crazy, powerful things happening. A man, you know, being cursed and going blind. People being healed. A cripple being healed and rising up and walking. Uh, you know, the gospel being spread and hundreds, thousands of people getting saved. So these are all the things you see in chapter 13 and 14. But and also, let me add this. They were persecuted for their testimony. They were persecuted uh, uh, by the Jews. So in chapter 14, you see where they went in. They came and passed Iconium, and they went in, and there was Jews and Greeks there, okay? And so many, it says many of them, a great multitude of them believed. When Paul and Barnabas preached the gospel, a great multitude of them believed. That's in chapter 14, verse 1. But the Jews, the unbelieving Jews, stirred up people against them. So, so the Lord was working. The Lord was doing a good thing. Remember what I said in the beginning? The Lord has come to give life. Jesus said, I have come to give life and life abundant. Jesus is there. He's moving through the gospel. He's given eternal life, abundant life. And there's the devil. He comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So he's coming in the form of persecution to try to stop the work of God, which never works. Amen? The devil can never stop the work of God. But again, they're getting persecuted for their testimony. And they're getting persecuted for their faith in Christ. But at the end of chapter 14... I want to read a few verses. Let's read this together. Let's go to chapter 14 and verse 25 through 28. I just want to read these few verses here. And when they had preached the word of the Lord in Persia, they went down to Atalia and then sailed to Antioch from where they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they had fulfilled. So they accomplished their mission and they've been commended to the grace of God. And when they were they, and when they had gathered there the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And they abode long time there with the disciples. I apologize. I am reading the King James Version today. I'm trying to uh, advance my vocabulary here. But what long story short, what we just read is when they came back from their mission trip. They came back with a good report. They came back with a testimony about all that God did among the Gentiles. They began to tell the church how their mission was a success, how God gave them power to heal the sick, how God gave them power to bind up devils, how God gave them the uh, uh, success in the preaching of the gospel. And there was great fruit and many came to faith. And it was such a testimony that it says that the, the whole church had, had rehearsed this, what God had been doing. It's like they, they, they were sitting there, you know, think of, uh, you know, music rehearsal or, you know, dress rehearsal. It's like something you go and practice and do over and over. They literally were rehearsing in their mind over and over what God had done because it was so amazing. They were meditating on the goodness of God, on the testimony of the Lord. You see, church, most of us are depressed today. Most of the church is downcast today, you know, bound up by a spirit of fear because they're rehearsing what the world is telling them and what the news channels telling them and what Facebook, you know, they're sitting there scrolling on Facebook all night and then they wonder why they wake up with anxiety in the morning, you know, <laughs> instead of rehearsing what the spirit of the Lord is saying and what the spirit of God is doing and what the word of God is saying and what God is doing around them and it actually says, let me read this now down in 15, okay? So 
they had gone, this is chapter 15, verse 3. These are the last couple of verses I want to read. And so now, being brought down on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenice and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto the brothers. Great joy unto all the brothers. And, when they, and then when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared the things that God had done with them. I want to highlight, you know, the word great joy. So I just went through all that to kind of summarize for you, you know, the power of the testimony of the Lord. And, and understand, you know, a lot of people narrow, they, they limit testimony down to what has God done for me? Again, back to the self-centered bubble, right? What has God done in my life? What God did when I was a sinner and I got saved by grace? Every time you think of a testimony, right, it's always, let me tell you what God did for me. Can I tell you what God's doing for someone else today? Can I tell you what God's doing around the world today and what he's doing among other people outside of our little church, outside of our little city, outside of our little bubble? Because let me tell you, it will encourage you. It will inspire you guys. Sometimes we got to get out of ourself, even our little church uh, circle. You know, we get so stuck. I love the old saying, you know, um, us for and no more. You know, you get in these little home groups, and I love home groups because the Bible commands us to meet in our, our homes and fellowship with one another. But you can get stuck in this little bubble, you know, and it becomes us for and no more. Then you start a little cult because you think you're the only Christians on the face of the earth, you know, and you're the kingdom of God on earth, right? But, but God is moving, guys. That's the whole point. And, and when they brought the testimony back of what God did among the Gentiles, it brought the church great joy. Can you guys say that with me today? Great joy. So I, I want to share this with you, what God did in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And I hope that this brings you guys great joy. Because let me tell you something, you know. And be, before, I, before I jump into this, let me just pave the way a little. I'm just going to tell you what I saw, what I heard, and what I experienced, all right? I'm not saying thus says the Lord. This is like when Paul said, you know, this is just from me to you. I'm not saying this, like, I'm not preaching anymore the Bible here. I'm not telling you thus says the Lord. I'm just telling you what I saw with my own eyes and what I believe God's doing in America, okay? So just take this from, you know, Brett the, you know, Brett the missionary's heart to yours, but I went up, you know, a good friend of mine named Danny Schrock. He's formerly a, a Mennonite. He, used, he grew up as a Mennonite, okay? And what that is, that's kind of a branch of Amish. The, it's a branch of the Amish community. Uh, they're not as strict or as rigid as the Amish people, but uh, they're definitely in a lot of religious bondage. And uh, his whole family was Mennonites. They grew up Mennonites. And his mom had encountered the Lord so powerfully that uh, she just broke free. I mean, they can't, you know, they don't go outside without head coverings. You know, the Amish community, they're very strict. I mean, they don't use technology. They don't use power and electricity. They don't use cars and vehicles. They still do everything by horse and wagon. And they, they believe that's their way of separating themselves from the world. So there's a lot of, and you know, their, their faith was actually birthed in the Reformation. It's an amazing history if you study it. But they began to be a little rigid and, and pharisaical. And now they're really stuck, you know, in legalism. So my friend, he gets totally, his whole family gets totally set free from this thing, from, you know, the spirit of religion. And he becomes uh, just a spirit-filled, 
Jesus-loving, you know, evangelist powerhouse, this young guy. He's in his 20s, by the way. So he actually became my friend at the Christ for All Nations boot camp that I just did back in January. And uh, I heard about how God began to move. And, and, you know, he came to the boot camp. Let me just back up. So he came to the boot camp, and he was telling everyone how, you know, God is going to do something in the Amish community. God is going to do something in the Amish country. He believes that God's going to bring a new revival in the Amish community. You know, and we're all looking at the guy like, yeah, sounds good. You're like, you know, yeah, right. You know, like, what, whatever, man. You know, the, you know, that sounds great. Go, go for it, and uh, we'll pray for you. And he's telling us how, no, man, you know, his heart is for these people. And God's heart is for these people. And how he believes the Lord is going to do something. You see, it only takes one man with faith. You guys understand that? It only takes one mustard seed of faith for a mountain to move. And so he graduates boot camp like we all did. And he goes back to Ohio. And let me tell you something. God's beginning a revival in the Amish country up in, up in Ohio. They have one of the biggest populations of the Amish people. And I saw a meeting that they held. And there was hundreds of Amish people on their knees crying out to Jesus. And I saw this thing, and I said, wow, man, the Lord is doing it. And I met with Danny, and I told him, I said, Danny, man, first of all, sorry, I didn't believe, brother. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord, for my unbelief. But I said, when, that, when you guys do another meeting like this, I want to come and help you, man. I want to come and be a part of this thing, even if I'm just there to serve. So the time came, and they, do, they did the first, it's, it was called the Field of Freedom. They did the first ever Field of Freedom event, and they uh, rented like an old baseball field. And for three months, they've been planning this event. And let me tell you guys, this is rural America, okay? This is like in the middle of nowhere. It was kind of in between uh, Columbus, Ohio, and Cleveland, Ohio, kind of in a very countryside part of town. And let me tell you something. I saw 25 local churches, 25 churches gather together. People came from all different parts of America, and I saw hundreds, hundreds of people repenting of sin and coming to the Lord Jesus on that field in three days, and then we baptized almost 100 people in the Lord Jesus Christ in the last two days of the event. And I'm talking Amish people, people bound in religion, people bound in addiction, and I saw with my own eyes a little revival break out right in the heart of America. Someone give God praise, man, because God is good. And let me just tell you guys this something. You know, I went there to kind of see something in the spirit that someone else saw before me, and his name was Danny. You see, uh, uh, Jesus told Thomas, you know, when Thomas didn't believe, all the other disciples saw something. What did they see? They saw the resurrected Lord. They all, first he encountered the women at the tomb, then he met with a couple of disciples on the road to Emmaus. Then he met with all the disciples, right, as they were eating. But Thomas wasn't there. He was probably still having a, you know, doubt party, you know, at home, depressed by himself. Who knows? But uh, I don't know why he wouldn't have been there. Think, you ever thought of that? Why wasn't Thomas at the meal when all the others were there, right? I mean, he should have been in that fellowship. But Thomas wasn't there. We don't know why. And Jesus appeared to all the disciples, all the apostles at that point, except him. And they all are testifying to Thomas. He is risen. He's risen indeed, just like he said he would. But Thomas wouldn't believe. He said, until I put my hand in his side and I see the prints in his 
you know, the nail prints in his wrists and his feet, and I put my hand in his side, then I'll believe. And what does the Lord do out of grace and mercy? Because he was called to be an apostle, of course, too. The Lord Jesus appears to Thomas. But then he tells him, and Thomas, you know, falls on the ground and weeps and begins to worship. I can see him now. Forgive me, Lord, and you're the Lord. You're the risen one. Forgive me for my unbelief. But then Jesus tells him, you know, blessed are those who believe without seeing. You see, sometimes you guys have to have faith in other people's faith. You have to believe in, in a, lot, a lot of things that I've stepped into. Um, I was at a Bible group uh, a couple weeks ago, just a Friday night meeting. And, and a lot of, actually uh, my boss, he's a co-worker of mine and my boss, he's hosting a Bible study at his home. And we were all there kind of sharing some encouragements with each other, you know, giving different words, you know, about our lives and encouraging one another. And they, they, you know, a couple of them looked at me and they encouraged me and they said, you know, Brett, your faith just inspires us. Your faith, man. Ever since you come to work at this company, it was like a fresh wind of faith came in here and we just needed it. But you know what I told them? I said, but, you know, we all have faith and, you know, maybe mine has grown. But the point is. You have to exercise your faith. A lot of things I've stepped into, I, I literally stepped into it by someone else's faith. A lot of the blessings and the ministries I've done and, and the missions work I've seen is because I've, I've just believed that someone else believes for this thing more than I do, you know. I'm going to Nigeria in, in November, and listen, I say this with all humility and ask for prayers, but this is going to be, this is going to be one of the biggest gospel crusades in the history of the entire world. They're, they're anticipating it to be one of the biggest outdoor gospel crusades. And remember, have it, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And we're talking possibly a million people or two million people gathered to hear the gospel of Jesus in Nigeria, which is a very dangerous country right now. And you know why I get to go there? It's not because I had such great faith. It's because someone else before me named Reinhard Bunke had great faith. And, you know, we have to believe, guys, what God is doing outside of our world, outside of our bubble. And I want to share that with you because I think sometimes, you know, we wonder, when is God going to do something great in my life? When, when am I going to see these things that I read about in the Bible? When am I going to experience all that God has for me? We know we're saved by grace. We know we're going to heaven. We know we have the, 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 our sins are washed in the blood of Jesus. We know that as saints. We should be assured of that. And if we're not, just read 1 John. But there's something greater inside of us that calls out to us, that, that calling that's been placed on your life, that mission that God's given you, that burden that's on your heart and your heart alone. But maybe... Maybe you need to link arms with someone else and pray and find a person who has the same burden or the same calling, you know, and has maybe gone ahead of you a little bit. Because, you know, you know what they say at the gym? If you go to the gym and you exercise with people who are all weaker than you, what's going to happen? You're not going to get stronger, right? If you go to the gym and you go with a bunch of physical trainers who are all buff and they're all jacked, and they've been training for 10 years, and you just started yesterday, just by, just by being in their presence, you're going to get tore up. Your muscles are going to stretch. You know, your mind is going to open. You're going to do things you didn't think you could do before. 
And sometimes, guys, we got to surround ourselves with people of faith, with people of greater faith than ourselves, and do things that we wouldn't normally do. I didn't have faith for the Amish people. I don't know nothing about the Amish people. But I, I walked into my brother's faith, and I got to see dozens of them getting baptized and getting saved and repenting of sin and coming from bondage into freedom. It was incredible, guys. And I want to share this last thing and then kind of open the mic. But, guys, and again, this is just from my heart. I truly, personally, I truly believe that God is going to do something great in America again. And it's not going to come from the White House. It's not going to come from politicians. It's not going to come from, you know, laws being written on paper and changed. I truly believe that God is going to do something great in America, not by our might, not by our power, but by the Holy Spirit, just like he did in the book of Acts. I truly believe, guys, that God's preparing a great harvest in America like the days of the Great Awakenings. I, I was up there, and I got to go through a museum, a church history museum, and I was reading about the, the martyr's mirror. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, the martyr's mirror. It's, it's a lot of the martyrs, uh, they got, you know, the book of Fox's book of martyrs. A lot of the stories they got out of the martyr's mirror. But this thing is, is a collection of different martyrs throughout history. And, you know, guys, it, it, it's something about how, how God moved through generations, you know, through the apostles first, and then they all got martyred, and then they passed the faith, and then the next generation ran with it, and then they passed the faith. And all the way to us. But something happened when I was in Ohio. I started thinking about American history. And how God moved time and time again in, in times past. And how it, it always seemed like, you know, it always seemed like this. Like whenever it got the darkest in America, God began to do something new. And, and, and this dawn just came out of nowhere. And the grace of God just touched this land. And, you know, a war broke out. But the good side won or, or like the dark side took over. But then a revival happened and swept across the land. And then, you know, darkness took over again and then another great awakening. And then the devil and the kingdom of darkness seemed like in the hippie era. Right. You go back to the hippie movement and all this craziness was going on and the wicked, evil music and the drugs and all the partying. And then the Jesus movement. Right. And it almost seems like if you study the history Every time it gets darkest, there comes a dawn, right? It, it, where sin abounds, the Bible says, grace more. So I wonder, I'm like, I'm just wondering with my brain, you know. I'm looking at what God did before, and I'm saying, wait, if God's the same yesterday that he is today, won't he do what he did then now? And I say that because we were singing it in the song, guys. It's so interesting how, you know, I didn't talk to Matt. I didn't, like, collaborate with Matt and say, hey, man, this is what I'm preaching. Make a song about it, you know. But here's the song that he was singing, the last song. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. A move of your spirit. Heaven break out. Come now in power. Cover this land. Like you've done it before, you can do it again. Would you do it again? You know, this, this song is my message, guys. You know, we can sing it all day. 
We can have prayer meeting after prayer meeting. You know, we can fast and pray. But my question is, do we truly believe that he wants to do it again? That, that he did it before. And I wonder if all these things are just a great setup. You know, our political world just getting so filthy and corrupt. I wonder if God's about to break into that world again. Our, our, our school systems getting so godless and wicked and teaching all the garbage they're teaching these kids right now. I don't even want to send my kids to school. I wonder if God's setting this up, though. You know, the COVID pandemic sweeping across America and everybody getting sick and dying and losing jobs and all the craziness going on. I wonder if God is setting the stage. And, and if he's the same God yesterday, well, I could just say this by faith. I believe he is setting us up for something great to happen again. And look, I'm not saying that everyone's going to get saved and America's going to totally transform, but I do believe something's happening in this generation. And it takes a little faith to believe it. But when you step into this thing, you're going to see it, guys, what I'm talking about. You know, we go downtown and, and preach in Palm Beach County. And let me tell you, there's nothing more discouraging than preaching downtown Palm Beach County. I mean, you know, you go downtown Palm Beach County, you'll be lucky if one person gets saved or one person gets prayed for. But if you break out of your little bubble and box and you go to other places, let me tell you what's happening. There's a guy named Sean Foyt. He's going all across America. And he's seeing these little revivals, just like I just saw in Cleveland, Ohio, He's seeing these little revivals break out in all different cities in America. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's hundreds or thousands of young people getting saved. Franklin Graham, right now, he's going across America. He's doing a God Loves You tour. He's going into the heart of America, and he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching the pure, unadulterated gospel, the Billy Graham gospel. And he's seeing people coming. There's, I saw the first meeting. There was thousands of people coming. And I just want to say this, guys. There's a, there's a hunger, I believe, stirring in America again. And maybe it's just a remnant right now. Maybe it's just a few. Maybe it's just a couple cities here and there. But isn't that all that God needs? Isn't that all that God needs to do something great? He doesn't need the majority. He's actually never needed the majority, and he's never worked with the majority. In the days of Gideon, he said, man, you guys got too many men, Gideon. Send these, send, send these guys home. Let's do this. Let's get rid of the thousands, and let's narrow this thing down to a few good men, just 300. And then I'm going to conquer the enemies with that little tiny army so that I'll get the glory. You know, I really believe that's what God did through COVID. He slimmed down the church. He shut down all the mega church scenes, all the big you know, parties we were having, all the, the nice fun stuff we were doing. And he's just slimming down his army, down to the, down to the core group, down to the, the surrendered, down to the ones who will count the cost and die for the gospel, down to the ones that will say, I'll go to church, worship God, and get COVID and die if I have to. You know, down to the ones who aren't afraid of what the enemy's doing, guys. You see, the church is empty. I think they fear man. I'm just going to be honest. I think a lot of them fear the enemy. They fear sickness. Look, you know, when Charles uh, Spurgeon, cholera, I think it was cholera, was breaking out all over England. 
you know, he was the preacher's preacher back then, right? What did he do? You know what he said? He's like, I'm going to preach all the more and pray for the sick even more. And if I die, I die. So be it. If I die, it's glory, you know? Look, I'm not saying every Christian is Charles Spurgeon, but I think we need a little more of his spirit these days, amen? You see, to live is Christ and die is gain, guys. We can't, we can't ball up in a corner and hide and go under the bushel at such a time as this. This is the time for the church to rise, for the light to shine. And I truly believe, guys, God is doing something great in America. And if you don't see it yet or you don't believe it yet, step into someone else's ministry or faith that's doing it. Step in and, and start reading about these testimonies and reading about what the Lord is doing and encourage yourself in the Lord. Get with his program and get that great joy that we were reading about today in the Bible. Because let me tell you, I, I came back with great joy. I'm no longer discouraged about what's happening in Palm Beach County because I saw what God's doing in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, and he could do the same right here. Amen. So I don't have any more to share. Uh, but I do want to do one last thing. Maybe we have, you know, five or ten minutes here. But I want to just open the floor. Uh, there's only a few people here in the sanctuary, but I know more of you are online watching. And I just want to give an opportunity for my brothers and sisters here. You know, maybe two or three minutes they could each share a little testimony. And just so before you guys come. You know, I want you to share something that God's doing in your life like right now. Maybe he's doing it in your life or in your ministry or you're seeing God moving around you in some way. And I just want you guys to uh, come up and share your heart and encourage those who are watching. And uh, again, this is the testimony of the Lord. In Revelation 12:11, it says, By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, they overcame the enemy. So let's let's encourage one another, guys, and overcome the devil with uh, these testimonies today. Does anyone want to be the first to share? All right, I, I can I can share a little testimony that really encouraged me the other day. You just want to share share anything God's doing, yeah. Well, um, a few, a couple of years ago, I um, I did a a Portuguese school in in Brazil, um, where I went to Brazil and I stayed for a few months to learn Portuguese. So one of my teachers from the school is now teaching Brazilians who are missionaries to learn English, so that they can go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel. And um, I, that might sound a, a little bit weird. Um, to us because we think like what you know why why english well english is is spoken in many many countries around the world and whether it's the not even the first language but you go to many parts of europe africa asia of course here english is our our main language so it really opens up the uh, many many parts of the world to these missionaries and so my friend who is is teaching these Brazilian missionaries to speak English, she, she uh, contacted me and she said, can I have you through Zoom, can I have you talk to this class and uh, just tell them like your experience with learning another language and just talk to them in English, you know, and so, so I did and I was so encouraged because there was this whole group of, 
of people who are there um, learning learning English just so that they can go preach the gospel to the nations. And two of them, I believe, I, I asked them actually how I opened up was I said, can you guys go around and share your name and share where God is calling you to and why you're learning English? Um, two of them were going to India. One of them was called to Turkey. Some people were have a desire to come here to the United States. And I was just so encouraged by that because those India and Turkey, I think, are, are pretty tough countries, you know, and just to see that God is, is raising up people, not just from here in America, but from other countries in the world. I know Brazil is, is becoming a big missionary-sending country. So it was really encouraging to talk to them. Um, they were working hard. They ain't progressing in their English. And it was just, it was, yeah, it was just super encouraging to see what God is doing there. And uh, I know that, that that mission base where they were hosting that school, they're going to continue um, doing a, a school now to the next like level so they can keep learning more and more English. They're going to send them out to these places, and they're going to continue training up more and more. So God's doing a mighty work there, and it's just one example of, of something recent. Um, that I was able to be a part of that God really encouraged me with. So praise God. Anyone else want to share anything? Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, yesterday, but just something more like current, you know. How about uh, we went out to the to the streets the other day, right, Amanda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember? To the when we went over to the by the Singer Island Bridge. Oh, yeah. I don't want to force you to share. I can share if you want. You have some more recent? Yeah, I mean another. Now, I'll share this real quick, and uh, Amanda and I and uh, and a few other people, we went out over to the near, like, uh, the Singer Island Bridge, and Amanda had been given all these things through her ministry of backpacks and, and Bibles and clothes and all kinds of things, and so um, so she put together these beautiful backpacks full of all that stuff, Bibles, clothes, um, she made sandwiches, lunches, waters. What else was in the back backpacks? A blanket, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Purses, for the Purses for the girls, yeah. Was it devotional? Yeah, for everyone. I'm just repeating for everyone online. That's okay. So yeah, yeah, that was great, and we went over there, and and we found a few people that were just hanging out there, and. Um, we were able to give some of that stuff away, and uh, there was there was two guys that were really encouraged. And you remember the one the one guy he had a Bible like a big thick stu- it was like a study Bible or something like a big thick Bible, but it was really dirty like it was tore up, which was good because it means he was using it, but but it was like falling apart. And he was so happy to receive the Bible and receive prayer. He was like in tears. When we left, another guy um, was there. Was just super encouraged um, for us to to be there. I think he was a believer in Christ. So, 
Um, so yeah, it's awesome. And Amanda, I'll let you share the, the other testimony you have. Uh, if you, yeah, is, is that okay? I'll have you come up here so that the camera can see you. said about the Brazil missionaries, some of these uh, Brazilians who are learning English, they're actually going to come help. We're doing a mission trip to Brazil in December, and some of them are going to come help us translate. We're going to be going out and preaching the gospel to hundreds of people, and some of these translators that Matt and his friend, you know, his friend is training, they're going to come and work with us. So that's just another seed of how God's moving. Okay, so um, there was this lady this past week and still this week. Uh, she went online and um, she called and asked for help. And uh, she was um, away from God. And I spoke with her about her relationship with God. And she went from very hyper and <laughs> energetic to crying in the same sentence. And um, and she wasn't sure if she was supposed to fake laugh or still cry, but she was actually crying. And it's because I asked her, okay, you know who God is, and you have gotten baptized before, but how is your present relationship with God right now? And that's when she started crying, and she came to church and everything because um, because it made her upset that I asked her that because it brought it to her attention. And so she came to the church service and everything, but she wants to be closer to God, so I've been talking to her. So one of the points of the story is um, a testimony is not always when you got saved. Sometimes it's while you're saved and what continues to happen in your life. And it's very important to seek personal revival and not rely on corporate revival so um but she's trying to change her entire life uh, we got her a haircut and um some clothes for an interview and she went for the interview and she got the job wow, and yeah so she wants to change her life so i was reporting her that's amazing what's her name it's awesome Let's pray for all the all the people we've been talking about, the people, the new believers, the hundred hundred or so people that just got baptized up in Ohio. They're part of our family and faith. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for, you know, anyone who comes to your heart. All right. Let's just take a few minutes here, guys, and, and just close in prayer and then we'll go ahead and see you Sunday, hopefully. So, Heavenly Father, we just come before you and. Lord, we just thank you so much for this evening. Thank you so much for this refreshing time together. You know, God, we feel your presence here. We know you're here, whether we feel you or not. Your presence is just as real. And God, you are among us. You are with us. You promised to never leave us, to never forsake us. Even to the end of the age, you said, I will be with you. Lord, I just pray you encourage your people today. Let them know that the same God who was with the Apostle Paul and Barnabas 
as they did miracles, Lord, and preached the gospel is the same God who is with us today. The same God who raised Jesus from the dead is in us and lives among us. And every time we gather, you're right in the midst of us, God. Whether we see you or not, Lord, help us not to be like Thomas, who only believed by seeing. But Lord, help us to believe because you've said it, Lord. You've, you've, sh- you've showed us in the Spirit who you are. You've revealed it to us. You told Simon Peter, even before the death and resurrection, Peter said, you are the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter, but my Father who is in heaven. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing to us the truth and that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And there is no other. Lord, we just bless your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives and not just our lives, but all the church all around the world, God. We thank you for Kim, who's giving her heart back to you right now. We just pray for her. God, we pray that she would bear fruit and fruit that remains, Father. Make her to remain in you now. No more wavering, no more wandering, God. You, you bring her back home like the prodigal daughter in the, son, in the prodigal son's story. Restore her completely, Father. Embrace her fully and restore her life back to you, God. We thank you for her testimony we just heard. God, we thank you for the Brazilians that you're raising up to be missionaries and send them into all the nations, God. We know, God, these were not some flimsy prophecies spoken, but, God, these words were truth that you're raising up an army in Brazil, and we're about to go in, in December and see the same thing, God, that I'm talking about now, that the people that you're raising up and sending out, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would pour out upon them with power, signs, wonders, that the the signs and wonders would follow them as they preach the gospel. Lord, help us to equip them as we prepare this team to go to Brazil in December. Help us to equip the saints for the works of ministry, God. God, we thank you for what you're doing in Africa and Asia, all over the world, Father. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in America right now. God, we just pray once again that we could be a part of a move, God, a move of your Holy Spirit, that Freedom Church, that every one of us, God, we would be ready. We would be willing, God, when you begin to do a new thing in our generation. And, God, you begin to pour out new wine and you begin to blow a fresh wind, a fresh flame of fire begins to burn, God, that we would be like Moses and we would go up and see this strange sight, that we wouldn't be too busy about our own lives, that we wouldn't be too caught up with our own agendas and plans that we would miss the burning bush that you're about to send forth in our generation god i believe every man and woman of god can encounter a burning bush at some point in their life and lord let don't let that that moment pass us by father we don't we don't want our names to be written in history that that it could have been and should have been and would have been but we weren't ready and we weren't willing So, Father, we just ask you, God, to make us ready for all that you have in store for us. Make us willing vessels, God, yielded fully to our master for your use, Father, for your perfect plan that you have in store, Father. We just lay down all of our dreams, all of our desires, all of our hopes, God. It's all in you. You are our lot and our portion forever, God. And whatever comes or doesn't come, we just bless the name of the Lord. 
And we thank you, Father, for being a part of your kingdom, that we're just sinners saved by grace. We're worthy of nothing good, but every good thing comes from you, God. And so right now we just ask you, Father, we ask you to shake America once again like it's never been shaken, to bring a revival fire upon this land and let it burn like it's never burned before. And to, Father, sweep across this nation from sea to shining sea and sweep people right into your kingdom, Father. Sweep people just like I saw in Ohio. Sweep hundreds, thousands, God, of young people, old people, Father, rich people, poor people. Sweep them into your kingdom, Lord. You said that the original guests in the parable of the great wedding feast, they weren't, that were invited, they weren't worthy. So you sent out your servants to invite everyone in the hedges and the highways to come in that your house would be full. Father, we want to see hell emptied, God, and heaven filled again. Let it, let it happen again in our time, God. And we just say, here we are, Lord. Use us. Use, use our few fish and few loaves. Use Freedom Church, God. Use, use each person here to fulfill the work you've called them, God. Set people apart like you did Paul and Barnabas. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, God. And ask all these things. Amen and amen. Hey, if you're watching online, and I don't know why, but I just need to sow the gospel really quickly into your life. Maybe you were like the woman we talked about. What was your friend's name? Kim. And you you knew the Lord. You know who he is, but you walked away from him. Or something pulled you away from him and... Your life's a wreck right now, and you don't know what to do, and you just somehow even ended up watching us online tonight. Let me just tell you that Jesus loves you so much. His Holy Spirit drew you to this very message for this very moment, and he's calling you back like a a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. He's saying, come home. My door is open. My arms are open for you just like they were on the cross. And I shed my blood and died for you. The Lord Jesus died for you and he loves you. Maybe you don't even know him. You never had a relationship with him. And you're just totally confused. Everything I said made no sense. I just want to tell you right now, if you believe on the Lord Jesus and put your faith and trust in him, that what he did on the cross was for you and for your sin, you will be forgiven. You'll be set free. And everything that I said to you will all come to make sense because you will enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God until you're born again, unless you're born again. And so I talk to you tonight about the kingdom of God. And so these things will only make sense to you when you're born again. And how are you born again? By believing in Jesus Christ and receiving the Holy Spirit of God and forgiveness of sins through his death on the cross. And so if that's you today that I'm talking to, maybe you're online watching, I just want to pray with you really quickly, and, and, and then we're going to close the night. But this is your moment. Don't let it pass you by. Don't let the kingdom of God and the abundant life that we've been talking about pass you by because this is your chance right now. So just pray with me. Just say this with your own heart and your own words, but I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that saves you, but it's a prayer that leads you to the Savior who will save you. And so just pray with me and say, Lord Jesus, I, I come to you a, as a sinner, as a, as a backslider, I've fallen away from you. And I just ask you to forgive me of all my sins, of all the wrongs that I've done. 
I know that I was wrong, and I ask you to cleanse me right now for all my sins. Forgive me, Jesus. And I believe that you are the Son of God, that you are the only true God, and I believe that you died for me and that you rose again on the third day. And today, Lord, today, right now, I put my trust in you, and I put my faith in you, and I give you my life, and I give you my heart. From this day forward, forever, I want to be yours. I am yours. I receive you into my heart. And just say this with me. If this is you praying online, just say, fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, God, and give me your peace. And I just pray right now that he will come and touch you and come upon you right now. I believe I'm speaking to someone. I don't know who it is. Just be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let peace just flood your heart like a river. Right now, a river of joy is just coming up over you. Let him fill you because he loves you. And if anyone asks for the Holy Spirit, he will give generously without finding fault. So God bless you. I hope that all the saints were encouraged today. And I hope if that was you listening to me, you did pray and receive all that God has for you. Welcome to the family of God. Please come to church on Sunday. We do welcome you as we have like service on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. And uh, we're right here on Hypoluxo in Congress. You can check us out online and get all the information. And uh, God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. We love you. Hope to see you Sunday. Amen.